Welcome to the Daily Energy Markets Podcast. It is Tuesday, June the 13th, uh, and we are in a um, somewhat soft declining oil market, it would appear, ever since OPEC's uh, decision uh, over uh, a week ago, uh, and the announcement that indeed OPEC and its member countries, whether inside or outside OPEC, uh, call it what you will, uh, are in a, a cutting uh, program, i.e. reducing the amount of OPEC uh, supply, OPEC plus supply. We had the cut last October. We had another announcement in April. We had another one announced earlier this month. And none of it seems to be um, enough to... Um, give uh, support to the oil price at the moment, uh, and we will have to see if that continues. Let's welcome Ali Al-Riyami, consultant and former director general of marketing uh, in Oman from the Ministry of Energy and Minerals of Oman. I wanted to kick off with you, uh, Ali, uh, obviously from your deep experience, but also in particular, just uh, addressing the story that we have overnight with um, the news that Asian, uh, particularly Chinese, Unipec uh, trading unit of the top Chinese uh, refiner, Sinopec, is selling unusually large volumes of Oman crude for August loading to other trading companies. This is a report by Reuters overnight. Uh, your thoughts on that and what does that tell you about the health of the Asian market at the moment? Well, uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, this is uh, uh, actually a good news uh, because uh, the last thing we want is to keep the crude uh, in the in the storage without uh, being used by the refineries or, or, or just uh, sitting idle. So actually, normally what uh, the Chinese do always that uh, when it comes to Oman in particular, that uh, they buy uh, quite a significant uh, amount of crude, especially Sinochem and uh, and, uh, and uh, his uh, alliance. And uh, they're trying to, to, to make sure that uh, they have enough because most of the refineries, especially in the, in the, the teapot refineries, they use uh, Oman as a baseline and then they add on top of that or they change the mix. Uh, but uh, the, the starting point is always be, uh, based on uh, Oman. So when you have this kind of selling to, to the refineries and other other, other, other refineries in the region. So this shows you that there is a lot of demand on Oman. Uh, well, actually, and also depends on the price, uh, uh, what uh, this, uh, this company is, uh, is selling on. And I'm sure that uh, they will never sell on discounts. Uh, so it's, uh, to Oman, it's, uh, it's a good news. And uh, it shows that uh, there is a demand for, for oh, Oman. Why wouldn't they recruits. keep it in storage? Why would they actually go to the extent of reselling because obviously they like to build up their storage. Are they it's, full, it, do you it, think? It is, it is part of their trading uh, you know, strategies. Uh, they're using Oman as a trade, you know, because Oman, as you know, Sean, that it is free trade, uh, traded, or traded, yep. sorry, in the yep. market. So for them, it is, it is one of the elements that they normally use for, for trading and also to, uh, you know, to, to, to exchange with other crude that makes sense to them more than Oman. And uh, as I said, I mean, uh, the demand of Oman in, 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 in the Middle East, uh, in, sorry, in, in Asia in particular, in the Far East, and also in China and Korea, is, is, well, uh, is well needed. And uh, it, is, it is part of the uh, you know, trading strategy. So to me, I don't see this as a negative point or negative uh, position, but in fact, it's, it's a very positive. And uh, you can see that coming uh, in the next year, in the next month, 
when they start uh, buying again uh, the Omani crude from uh, from the market and from uh, DME in Dubai. Osama Rizvi, energy and economic analyst at Primary Vision Network in Pakistan. Osama, we seem to have a, a an emerging sort of rivalry in the market, perhaps, maybe I should say, perhaps we may have emerging in the market, a tension now with the the Fed due to meet today and, and the market expectation of a pause in rate rises, the first one in some, you know, 18 months nearly, and that being maybe a bullish outlook, uh, uh, perhaps, and uh, versus the China weak reopening. Your thoughts of that that sort of tension uh, uh, emerging and whether one would trump the other. Will the, the Fed pause give positive indication uh, 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 oh, trumping the negative of the China reopening? Your thoughts on that? Yeah, so that is very interesting. Uh, but uh, recently, if you look uh, not only at the Chinese data, but also at what's happening in the U.S.'s economy. You look at the ISM manufacturing indices, you look at the uh, distillate supply to industry, you look at the electricity supply to industry, you look at other uh, indicators, all of the, those economic indicators, even in the United States of America, they're heading down. They're pointing towards a slowdown, if not a recession. Uh, however, and that neatly ties in with, what, with the Chinese story. So we have, on a global scale, we have a slowdown. Now, that can mean either one thing. One, that maybe the global monetary policy tightening is working. Uh, and But when you look at the inflationary levels, which was recently, I mean, World Bank recently released its global economic outlook report, uh, I think two, three days ago, and inflation still looks persistently high, although it has peaked, but it is still not there as we, you know, as the Fed or other central banks wanted. So in my point of view, I believe that the recent... Um, indicators pointing downwards, it might give Fed a chance to not hike this time. But to say that the Fed will pivot anytime soon, I don't think and I don't see that happening until unless we see a real fall in inflation levels or a real fall in global supply pressures or something that speaks to the five-year moving averages. So we always try to look at things in terms of the recent peaks, right? The recent highs and lows. So that doesn't make sense. But when you look at things from a five-year moving averages, you see that even a fall in inflation looks insignificant because it is still quite high when you compare it to the five-year moving averages. So I think we have a chance Fed might not raise this time, only temporarily. Let's welcome Anish Kapadia, Director and Head of Energy at Policy Advisors. Uh, first time joining us. Welcome, Anish, uh, to the table. I wanted to get your thoughts on this dynamic at the moment. We're seeing uh, literally overnight stock markets hitting new record levels, uh, Apple hitting a record, uh, the Japanese stock market hitting a record for 30 plus years, the equity markets obviously see a much brighter future, the Fed pause versus the oil markets, which see dampened demand uh, and, and recession. Your uh, uh, views on this sort of d- dilemma, which of those do you think are correct? Yeah, good Good morning and uh, pleasure to be on today. So if I start with the, the equity markets, I think it's, it's interesting to look at the, the makeup of the performance that you're seeing in those equity markets and, and, and the reasons behind that. It's very much been driven, if, if you look at the US, by a small concentration of stocks 
um, a lot of people trying to play the AI theme that has really taken off in the in the last six months or so, um, and those stocks have been have been driving the market. The if you look at the um, the main oil stocks, the the big integrators, the big EMPs in the US, they they haven't fared as well, um, similar to to what you've seen in in the oil space. And I think it's um, th there's a bit of a dichotomy there between. The tech, the tech space, there is money coming back into it. There's a bit, of, a bit more excitement around that. Whereas the real economy seems like um, it's still somewhat on its knees. Um, you know, so as, the equity markets, one should not be misled. Is that what you're saying? Because a few of the growth tech stocks are booming, that's not a reflection of the overarching. And so the oil market, the oil price is reflecting more like most equities except the tech stocks yeah you know and i think you know the point that Osama was making when when you look at the us indicators that really um feed into oil demand the, the things that feed into us distillate us diesel diesel demand those, those indicators remain very, very negative you've seen big pulls backs in diesel cracks over again over the last six months or so um another sign of, of, of weak demand. So demand in the real economy continues to disappoint. Um, and then when you so when you take that back to, to, to the oil markets, we don't think that um, oil markets where you know, we don't think prices where they are at the moment um, are, are really unfair given given those weak fundamentals. You know oil has come down a long way over the last year year and a few months. Um, but if you look at the reasons behind that, there's clear reasons on, on the supply side um, of, of persistent supply from a number of regions that probably wasn't expected. And on the demand side, you, know, we, you can see that there are plenty of signs of global recession around the world. But crucially, also, China has not recovered um, anywhere near to the extent that people were expecting it to recover post-COVID. Ali, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, just picking up on this question of, of whether we're looking at a, a demand weakness market at the moment or a supply abundance. Uh, and, and, and my question to you on that is that is are we witnessing at the moment the return to the market, to the OPEC plus family, uh, although outside quotas, Iranian oil exports that are looking very strong in, in relative terms to where they were. Sanctions seem to be gone other than in, in, in you know, in principle. Uh, we've got Venezuela coming a little bit back. So we've got the U.S. production now getting close to pre-COVID levels. There's just a lot of supply. And that's really what's driving the OPEC countries to cut back to accommodate the return of those other members uh, and the U.S. production. Your thoughts on that? Well, actually, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I fully agree with you. I think uh, the supply now it is uh, it is more than uh, uh, and uh, more than the demand actually, especially in Asia, for the reasons that uh, these two gentlemen they have mentioned. I mean, uh, there is no enough growth either in the economy or even in the supply uh, in the in the oil uh, in the oil market and. Uh, I but we still have China last month importing, you know, near to record levels. So Chinese imports are certainly back. Uh, 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 whether they're consuming, of course, is something else, perhaps. It's something else, yes. Uh, and we, ha we have seen this happens before. I mean, so many times. I mean, China 
it's a, it's a good indicator, but uh, sometimes they're misleading you. So uh, it depends on, uh, on uh, what uh, exactly their plan and what is their strategy when it comes to buy a lot of oil. They have a lot of storage, uh, we, we hear, but uh, we don't know exactly how big it is. So, uh, I mean, it's an indicator, but uh, it is not quite a, a correct one. Uh, demand is not there, uh, Sean. I mean, uh, I have been saying this for, for the last uh, few, few months, uh, since the beginning of this year. We shouldn't really rely on, uh, on, on, on growth. Uh, and uh, we have seen some, uh, some, uh, some agencies and also banks, uh, you know, ex expecting the price to go beyond uh, hundreds. And now we, we see the Goldman such uh, that uh, they are downgrading their, their expectations to 86, maybe 85. And that is a more realistic number. At the end so, of the year, that's their price for the end, end of the, of the year. year. Yeah, we, we, we always, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, targeting the end of the year for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh, you know, that's when the demand is, is fullest, I suppose, in the winter. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. we, we, we should concentrate more on the average, yeah, average. Rather yeah, than exactly. Going just, and go, just going to the end of the year and see what, what the price is going to be. But anyway, uh, I mean, I don't see any, 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 few, any demand at the moment. I don't see any, any kind of uh, extra demand coming from the market. Uh, in fact, the, 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 the decision from OPEC this time and voluntarily again from uh, from Saudi Arabia to cut one million. I think that also was a was an indicator again that uh, there is no uh, there is no demand actually. So, the risk for uh, Saudi there, uh, Ali, is it's likely they're given your outlook that Saudi is going to have to sustain that cut through beyond July in well, order. They have, said, they have said that. I mean, uh, they've said that we will cut in July, and then uh, we will uh, see the market the way it goes, and uh, we can uh, we can continue or we can increase. But uh, as you know, this time um, uh, you know uh, OPEC uh, and OPEC plus meetings they were not very fruitful ones. Uh, there were a lot of uh, uncertainties. There were a lot of uh, uh, this mismatch between between the countries. So I think at the end, you think Saudi's willing to go it alone deep into the second half of the year? You know, allowing everybody else to do their 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 production levels, and yet they carry the pain. Uh, well, it shows that uh, they are ready to do so. I mean, uh, otherwise they will not uh, really uh, decide by themselves alone to cut uh, one million in July and uh, ready to go uh, to go alone again uh, for for the coming few months, maybe if the market uh, decide did uh, decide so. So I think uh, you know. Let's uh, let's again. I always like to use the word. Uh, let's wait and see uh, what uh, what will happen after a few months from now. But I don't think that uh, the, the 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 demand will grow dramatically to the end of the year this year this time. Osama certainly Saudi. I would suspect is betting on this that infamous year of two halves that the second half of this year the asian and the chinese demand recovery story will finally kick in and so they'll only have to cut for one month your thought on that thesis yeah so uh, first of all uh, when you mentioned the record high chinese imports uh, it is also interesting to see that their exports also hit uh, higher volumes recently, and Clyde Russell from Reuters actually wrote about it. So that indicates that while they're importing a lot, but the domestic demand isn't there. Uh, in terms of the outlook moving forward in the second half of the year, uh, recently the data just came out and the precipitation levels in China, uh, in two of its most famous provinces, important provinces, they hit quite a few years low. And that is certainly going to impact the industrial uh, supply to uh, of electricity to the industry and hence the output. Um, 
naturally, Chinese economy is integrated with the global economy. And when we look at the global indicators, such as the global freight volumes, uh, that hit um, that was down point something percent recently. World Bank's outlook, I've just mentioned it, I'm going to mention it once again. It also hinted towards uh, continued pressures on the trade front because of uh, the geopolitical side of things. You know, people have, countries have become more nationalistic, there are lots of going on. Uh, and I also suspect at some point in the future that there would be, and I've been saying this from the past year or so, uh, a resurgence in China-US trade war, because that we don't speak about it. The mainstream media do not cover it a lot, but there has been a lot of developments happening in the background. Uh, blacklisting of the companies, the crack on uh, the Chinese espionage and whatnot. So we have to consider that as a tail risk, you know. So that still remains there. Russia-Ukrainian war is still there. It has not been resolved. So as John Mearsheimer wrote in uh, the uh, you know New Yorker, it, 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 it seems that the Russia or the Russian war in Ukraine now is sort of baked into the oil markets, i.e., it's not I, having any impact on the flow of global oil. And while tragic from a very narrow perspective of the oil markets, it's a non-event. I know, but they, we it's only that there until there isn't any new development. I mean. So far, it has been uh, discounted in, but what if there is a new development? And this what if remains a possibility until this goes on. So I'm just speaking about the tail risks moving forward. So this right. is there. The US-China trade war is there. The overall economic slowdown is there. I think that we will see more recessionary uh, indicators building up in the second half of the year. And yeah, so in my view, Saudi Arabia will find it quite hard to maintain elevated oil prices moving forward. Anish, in a strange way, the Ukraine, Russia's war in Ukraine is impacting the oil price because with this price cap, it is kind of, you know, in a way from an American point of view, it's a great success because it's contributing to a downward draft on the oil price. Your thoughts on that when we're seeing such a large volume of discounted oil both from Russia and now also from Iran, it's very difficult to get the benchmark prices of Brent and so forth lifted up when the Urals is pulling it quite quite a ways down and it's significant volume. Yeah, look, and I think I think that's that that's a good point. And um, you know, a, a policy if, if you go back to um around March of last year, all prices are $120. We we came out with a very negative outlook on on, on oil prices. And and the context behind that was um, Russia, Ukraine. The the market was getting very bullish on oil prices because they thought that you were not going to see uh, Russian supply coming onto the market, and and the the impact of that. In in reality, um, once the once the US, once the EU started to see the effects of um, the the decline in in, in um, oil supply out of uh, Russia or the potential for that, and and the gas supply. They, they realized that actually they need to rein back on the sanctions somewhat and they need to let that oil flow. So from a, from a public market perspective, they're all talking very uh, openly about sanctions and, and being harsh on Russia. But the reality is they want that oil to come on the market. They want oil prices to be lower. Um, and this situation is is helping the, the US and the EU. And, you know, you see, you, you know, I'd say you see a similar 
pragmatic policy from the US with regards to Iran, with regards to, to Venezuela. If they wanted to stop that extra oil coming off the market from in Iran and Venezuela, they 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 could. Now they, they there's ways of of clearly identifying that oil that you know maybe transiting through Malaysia has come come from Iran. But the you know the US at the end of the day they want lower they want lower oil prices. So you know it's and, it's and, and they're getting it despite all of these uh, these significant. Cuts. I mean, just on paper, at least, OPEC plus countries have made since October uh, till now announced at least over three thirty four million barrels of cuts. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think when you when you look back at the meeting over the weekend, um, there's clearly a lot more tension between the members than than there has been uh, at, at the previous meetings. You know, I think there's a, there's a number of topics where. Kind of there's there's more angst between the various countries. The the under compliance issue has kind of reared its head for the first time in a while. You've had baseline revisions to um, to, to supply. And yeah, that was was long overdue. The market outlook from different participants is clearly is clearly different. Um, and you know just from an external perspective, you know throwing out um, or not having certain members of the press. There's, you know, there's, 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 there's tension with, um, you know, not just between the kind of the OPEC and OPEC plus members. And do you think but, that contributes to a bearish tone in the market? Yeah, I, th- I think that certainly contributes to a bearish tone because, you know, I think the the risk is, you know, now yes, they, they brought, they put in measures because all prices, because all prices are, are low in their view and the, the market outlook is is negative to try and try and support the oil price. The you know, the, the risk that we see to the other side is that this whole alliance blows up, it falls apart, well, it's certainly, and we get frustrated. Uh, let's go to the survey question and and uh, get a view from the room on the on the Fed piece. Will a Fed pause, which we're expecting later today, trump? The weak, re- the weak China reopening to reverse the oil price decline that we are seeing, that the Fed pause will trump the weak China reopening and reverse the oil price decline, because ultimately the Fed pause would signal the end of the tightening cycle, and with that, some optimistic outlook for demand. Yes or no? Will it be enough to reverse? Uh, Ali, I wanted to get your thoughts on that point, the divergence of the interests of the two biggest producers in OPEC plus Saudi Arabia and Russia. Of course, with the price cap, it suits Russia to have the price lower because more countries and the the buying of Russian oil is within the rules, uh, if you like. Uh, The higher the oil price goes, the more difficult it is to get that Russian price to sell under the price cap. And so with that, you have a divergence of these two biggest members of OPEC+. Plus. Do you think that's an issue or, or not? Well, actually, this time uh, there was more than one issue, to, uh, to, 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 be, to, to, to be frank. Okay. Um, I don't know uh, for some reason uh, why they have decided to open up this uh, idea of discussing the baselines this is was uh, there was not the right time to discuss about this and uh, and everybody knows that once you start discussing about baseline then you will have a different kind of opinion from different countries more than that that uh, like uh, the, the, the diversion that you you have just mentioned about Russia 
and Saudi Arabia on 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 the price, and also uh, you know the lower price is better for for Russia. They get more to sell, but uh, nevertheless, I mean uh, the discount from Russia is really something that uh, you know they have always been uh, ready to do so. So it wasn't really a big issue this time, and uh, they have managed to to clear that uh, uh, to clear that thing uh, immediately when uh, when it appears. But uh, the more important and the more difficult one was uh, the baseline and also, you know, uh, agreeing on more cuts. Uh, a different opinion from different countries, as you, as you have seen this time, that most of the African countries, they were, you know, against the idea of changing the baseline or to go lower. And uh, they have decided to, 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 to keep it as it is until, uh, until next year when, uh, when they will start discussing it again. But, uh, you know, this is not a very good news for OPEC Plus. This shows you that there is a diversion internally. And uh, it's the first time it appears to the, to the, to the, to the media. Normally, uh, it, you know, they're trying to close, uh, the, to, to, to agree and also to resolve their problems in, internally. But this time it went out and it went out very big and uh, it affected the market. And now we are, uh, you know, we are uh, facing this well, kind it's of certainly, uh, it is uh, a... you know, market confusion and uncertainties because of that. Yes. And, and one would think that continues to be a challenge because ultimately it's, it's, the the gap the gap it's, let's say for huge. a country like the uae although they got a little bit more their capacity is way above what they got and for the Absolutely. african countries where they're still at even though they came down a bit they're still way above where they able to so these gaps are going to keep a weakness in the market osama i wanted to get your thoughts on where you know obviously the last time we checked in with you pakistan was about to get some of that discounted russian oil how that's going how they paid for it what's what's the outlook there actually so yeah the good news it it, it arrived yesterday so and were you down at the port getting is... your little bit <laughs> no, I getting I, your I one barrel for the Yeah, <laughs> I. So the point is, uh, half of it has arrived and half of it is on the way. It'll take about uh, twenty more than twenty-four hours to totally, completely offload it and send it to refineries. Uh, that's the good news. Um, the news is that we have paid it in yuan, which is really interesting. I'm saying interesting because. There is a lot of uh, geopolitical or rather diplomatic dimensions to this development, right? So, and we are still, we still haven't gotten that IMF bailout package, which matters the most, more than the Russian oil right now, because without it, Pakistan would essentially default. I don't see it um, not happening by the mid of July. So we have to get that thing. However, um, uh, constraints, technical well, buying constraints. Buying discounted Russian oil and paying in one may not be the best uh... The best ticket to get through the IMF gateway. Of, of course, of course. And that is what I referred to, um, as I said, diplomatic constraint. And however, there's also technical side to it as well. I've stated before that Russian oil would yield about 50% of uh, furnace oil and less uh, high-speed diesel, which we require actually more. So the Arab uh, version of it uh, does the opposite. It yields about 50% of HSD and only 20 25% of furnace oil. So the industry people that I've spoken with they have, they're not really that, uh, you know, happy with this development. They're also looking at whether this would translate into a reduction of the petrol, petrol prices here, because so far, uh, government has said that this is a test and the Russian oil would not be used in the petrol pricing mechanism. So we, as Ali said, we have to wait and see what happens. 
Let's get the survey result and give Anish the last word. A big resounding Ooh. no, the Fed pause will not have any impact uh, and will not reverse the decline, uh, even though it's giving, it would appear, steroids to the equity markets. It's a damp blanket to the oil markets or at least no upward lift. Anish, your closing thoughts, and if you would, uh, if it's in your wheelhouse, to give us some thoughts on the the other big story that seems to be, will they, won't they, the Iran-US rapprochement, which uh, everybody's denying that it's of any tangible meaning. It's nothing, there's nothing to look at here. Uh, but indeed, uh, it, it does appear, at least on the surface of it, that there is a deal because nobody's trying to stop Iran from exporting as much oil as it can. Yeah, so you know, so first of all, in terms of uh, in terms of the Fed pause, um, you know, I think I think that's been widely expected. Um, you know, there's 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 debates around the timing of that. So it feels like you know that that happening at some point um, in the next few months has has been priced in already. You know, I think the the oil price is where it is despite that. So you know, no, no surprise over there. And I think that the data that we see on China, you know, most people look um, backward looking at what the imports have been into China. If you look at the crude on the water heading to China, that's coming down again. Um, and there's a lot of destocking activity, we think still to come in China when you look at total product inventories. So, you know, that, you know, still, still, you know, overall remains bearish. From, from an Iran perspective, you know, it's been a will they, won't they for, for the last few years. Um, you know, going back to what I said earlier, I think the, the bigger issue is if you look at Iranian exports, they've continued to trend up over over that period, you know, despite the sanctions being in place. So, you know, whether whether a deal happens or not, um, you know, clearly if if one does, um, yeah, that's going to put further pressure on the oil price. But I think you know, anyway, you're getting that crude coming onto the market um, and dampening the market overall. Well, in either case, uh, we we see the the second day of the of the week here. Uh, it looks like after a big drop yesterday, bringing uh, Brent uh, right down to you know in the in the seventy two dollar handle uh, uh, seventy two and a half. Uh, will we see a reversal? Will the momentum that the equity markets, all markets, will have a, a moment of euphoria with the pause on Fed? I think today. But will it be a trend-changing moment for the oil markets, or will it just be a temporary blip in what is a fairly strong downward draft? We'll have to wait and see if we can all use that phrase. Unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of, of, of that here because we have to give some insights. We're not waiting and seeing. Uh, but ultimately, I think the July will be a big one. Next month, it's only a few weeks away. Uh, and actually, by the way, OPEC plus our meeting in early July, not a OPEC meeting, but at a biannual OPEC conference, uh, we'll have to see if, if by any chance these issues uh, are, are brought up again uh, or they find a moment at which to have a, a dialogue around some of these issues if necessary. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you, Ali Al-Riyami. As always, amazing to have your insights from Muscat, Anish Kapadia, all the way from London. Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully you'll be back. Osama Rizvi, as always, from Pakistan, really appreciate your insights. Uh, we'll catch up uh, every day at 10.30 UAE time. All the best. Thank you.